and welcome to the show. We're on the B2B SaaS go-to-market strategy week. How you doing? Doing great, Dave. <laughs> great to see you as always and uh, great, great chatting. Always love being on your show here. You're like, you're the Jay Leno of, uh, <laughs> no, of go-to-market, <laughs> of boring topics like go-to-market, hey. you're the Jay Leno of... Uh, Data as a service, okay. Or or Jimmy Kimmel, or I don't know who's like popular <laughs> now. I watch YouTube. I don't watch TV anymore. Yeah, I mean, w- those are great. And we posted this last night at, at like midnight. So as people trickle in, um, you're welcome to leave a comment. Or even if you're watching <clears> the recording, leave a comment here. And we'll make sure that we bring you into the conversation. So yeah, yeah thanks for coming on, on as and, well. Hundred percent. You know, Greg, um, we we've been seeing a lot of things in the market this week. Um, one of the things that I've been seeing a lot of is um, conversational intelligence, mm-hmm. and obviously with some of the merging um, of the the data vendors with conversational intelligence. What? Let me ask you this: What is conversational intelligence, and and why are people you know getting on the bandwagon on this right now? Um, so two questions there. So what it is and, and why they're on the bandwagon. So, so what it is, is it's the ability to use really advanced, really cool and exciting tools like artificial intelligence, AI, which is basically just a bunch of, you know, super complex algorithms that just crunch numbers and, and, and text now uh, can be analyzed in really exciting ways through these really advanced algorithms, which we call AI. So most people think of AI as robots, you know, roaming the streets and flying planes and cars and things. But AI is really at its core, it is nothing more than usually just a bunch of really complex math. As I like to describe it, it's like that, you know, when you do like a big Excel model and then you, you know, you click enter and then you see that little hourglass it used to be and it would sit there for a long time. That's what AI is. It's just crunching numbers to kind of give you an output. And so for the longest time, we didn't have the ability to analyze conversations. And, um, and we're still, we're just emerging with new technologies that allow us now to really look at our conversations. Now, from, you know, from your purview, my purview, and, and especially yours in the go-to-market space, the, the singular activity that happens in sales every day and marketing to some extent, but definitely in sales is that people talk. They talk with customers, they talk with prospects, they talk with leads. Um, they have webinars. They do lots of different things. This this conversation right here is a conversation. There's lots of of uh, of words kind of floating around, and and but you can't see those, and it's really impossible for humans to detect the patterns that are sitting in those conversations. Well, it turns out that now with all these advances in in computation and artificial intelligence models, these so-called large language models that are now emerging from companies, you know, like Nvidia and uh, and OpenAI, and, and you know. Facebook, Google, and others, is now we can start to analyze conversations like this and, and start to find the patterns of these conversations. Now, in a sales context, that matters a lot because what people say back to you really matters. So are they giving signals to you that they're actually going to buy that product you're trying to sell them? Um, are they talking about and are, they, uh, are the topics that you're presenting to them and selling to them, are they resonating with those buyers? And you can't see that. Now, smart high EQ salespeople, most salespeople have high, very high EQ while you hire them. They can typically read that, but what you cannot do is to read those 
across an entire conversation or more importantly, across many conversations. And so these AI tools, conversation intelligence, including uh, our own at Pattern AI can help you start to see the patterns in those conversations. And, and as you can see those patterns, you can start to make decisions and start to change and, and adapt your strategy. And so that's why it's it's really, really exciting to be in this space, especially in the sales and marketing space where, um, where these tools have direct applicability. Got it. And and so, and I look at things from the sales point of view. So it mainly insights <clears throat> sales people who have meetings set with potential clients or even, even current clients, they'll have meetings set and then they'll turn on the conversational intelligence uh, platform and have that conversation. And then where, where, what happens, where does it go from there? Well, so there are a number of different ways you can capture that conversation. You can hit the record button on, on Zoom. You can use AI note takers, which is this kind of emerging space. There are a few of those popping up. You know, Gong is kind of the the, the largest of that uh, in that space. Although they probably consider themselves, I, I know they do consider themselves to be more than just a you know a call recorder. That's what they used to be called way back when you know twelve or eighteen months ago. Um, but you can record these calls. But once you have these calls, the very first thing that happens is that these calls are transcribed. So the audio of this conversation would be transcribed automatically. We kind of take that for granted now. Like you see, you know, these subtitles and transcriptions popping up in, you know, in Google and Teams and Zoom. And then, of course, if you give us a call, we can transcribe it. Or the pattern AI note taker, our own AI note taker uh, can automatically transcribe that call for you. We take that for granted. That's an extraordinarily um, modern technology. That's really good transcriptions only been around probably in the past three, four years, uh, in the past couple years more robustly, but we kind of take this for granted. But once you have a transcript of that conversation, especially in sales, we can start to mine that transcript for the hidden patterns that we think are really interesting from topics and keywords and things like that, that, that matter to whatever the, the prospect or the buyer or the customer is talking about. And so the very first step toward understanding conversations is to get up an accurate uh, a picture of that, which is a transcript, and then to use really advanced tools uh, that are really around conversation intelligence to start to mine those conversations. And that's where we see, that's where we're focused as a company. There, there are a million problems to solve. That, that you're going to see AI come up in a million ways across sales and marketing. It's amazing to me. Everybody's like, you know, AI for sales, and you know, we're going to do AI. It's people. People should stop talking about AI because it's just everywhere now. Um, it's it's an API call from a lot of different companies. But you're going to see the ability to analyze data with with machine learning in ways that are really exciting, and that's uh, and that's what happens in conversation intelligence is you capture a picture of that and then you analyze that for for very meaningful patterns, and that's uh, that's what we believe is is going to be a big unlock for sales uh, sales leaders and sales reps individually. And how how would someone how would someone use this? Like, is it usually the the sales manager or sales operations so say they they've they've got a month's worth of sales calls that are that are in the system now they're starting to see patterns what what how do they use it moving forward to improve the, the processes mm -hmm. <clears throat> well one thing you can do is to look at your so if you think about it in terms of the individual contributor all the way up to the strategic leader it's, you know, it's the, the RSM, the SVP, the CRO, perhaps even the CEO or the board or something like that is let's look at the conversations that are taking place. So the sales rep is basically 
having these conversations, but the, the, the sales manager doesn't know what that sales rep is saying. And so at one level, we know that sales managers, that one of the primary roles of a sales manager is to give coaching and feedback to those reps to let them know what they're doing well and where they can improve. And if you can do that effectively at scale, that makes it easier to do that at scale. You need to be able to look at those conversations across the board and say, you know, hey, David, looks like you were doing well on this call, but not on that call. And that's a that that coaching uh, application is really important for uh, for sales leaders. The second application, and even for sales reps, that we we see people who are sales reps or individuals on calls who are saying, I use it all the time just to listen to my own calls and see how I'm, you know, how I'm doing and where I can improve. So I use, for example, our own product. We use our own product a lot internally. We use it all the time internally. One thing I look at is my talk time. You know, I tend to talk quite a bit. Um, Sometimes I hope I say smart things, but uh, but I do talk a lot. So once in a while, maybe some smart thing will come out in the uh, in the process. But I do pay attention to, for example, my overall talk time in meetings, and I can start to understand if I'm talking too much or talking too little. But most importantly, when am I talking too much? And there are times when it's expected that that you as a sales leader or a sales rep or or as a business leader should be talking a lot. People want you to be talking. 60 or 70 percent of a call it's very hard to see that like you know you can probably see i'm probably talking more because you're asking questions i'm answering questions here but um but how much am i talking how much are you talking and then secondly what am i talking about so if you're sales leader looking at these calls it's not just coaching it's not just you know metrics like talk time and things like that but what exactly are we talking about and so you know you might go out to your team and say hey we're going to really focus on widget a so you get your sko at the beginning of the year and we're going to you know this year we're going to you know we're going to really focus on this new product and it's going to be, you know, product, uh, product B. We've been selling, you know, product A for a long time. Well, are your reps actually talking about that product? You can't see that. It's very hard to say. They might have mentioned it on a call, but um, but how much are they talking about that product? And if that's your strategic imperative for the year that you raise at SKO, you have no way of seeing if that's really happening. And so, conversation intelligence gives you the ability to see these things that you care about. How are my reps doing calls? Where can I coach them? What's their talk time? What are some of these basic metrics? And then are they talking about the things that we think that and hope that they should be talking about? And that's where it really becomes valuable. That data is so important. <clears throat> I, I think of a couple of examples. And by the way, folks, um, uh, <laughs> Greg and I did a podcast, like I think it was last year or the year before. And I think it might be the record for the longest <laughs> podcast that we've had. And the writing is not the difficult part. It's the editing, right? That that that's that's hard. I think mm-hmm. uh, maybe Mark Twain said that. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. But maybe I, I should I should it, edit my I should edit my comments before I say it instead of having to do post. <laughs> post I'll give you two two examples <clears throat> with conversational intelligence that that I've seen is um, one one sales rep. Uh, you know, there was always the 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 instinct was that he was talking too much, but but mm-hmm. unless you sat with him on multiple sales calls and <clears throat> was able to do like a drive, you know, like a, like in the old days, you would drive out to the sales call and be sitting next to the sales rep, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you guys would talk about things back and forth. But mm-hmm. in the inside sales environment, it's so much different. So it turns out that this guy was, we, we ran the report and he was talking over 80% of the time on sales mm-hmm. calls for mm-hmm. like 30, 40 minutes, 80% of the time, mm-hmm. right there. 
is an actionable insight. The other thing that's really interesting that you're talking about is that if you're if you know that your most profitable product and and what you just kicked off at the SKO, um, mm-hmm. your most profitable pro- product, it scales the best. It's it it makes everybody's life easy, and you want everybody to be out there talking about that. And then you run these reports and they've Mm -hmm. only talked about it for 1% of the time. Mm -hmm. You have a huge problem. I don't think we had that capability in the past. Mm -hmm. Did we? (laughs) Not at scale. scale. I mean, you could, you had, you first of all, you you had to do, you know, one of these, um, you know, you had to do one of these sort of observational approaches where you'd sit with the sales rep and listen and take notes. I used to do that. You probably did that too. And I was way back when, doing uh, go-to-market consulting, we'd sit there and listen to the reps and we'd say, okay, these are what your good reps are doing and, uh, and bad reps are doing, or this is what this rep is doing and we can give a report on that. Now you can do that at scale with conversation AI. <clears throat> What's interesting is, you know, we tend, you know, I see like the Gong data and Gong is a competitor at some level, at some level they're not because we have a lot of customers who, who use Gong, they give us their Gong data to analyze their calls. And so we don't need to replace Gong, but we can be the intelligence that, you know, that you don't get with, uh, with a platform like Gong, because we do that stuff at a very deep level that the companies like Gong don't do. And what we see is, you know, Gong comes out with this data and says, you know, well, there's like, you know, they have this thing called patience level, you know, where it's like the reps mm-hmm. who, you know, who pause for two seconds versus half a second between when the customer talks to the, and when the rep talks, you know, that, that says, you know, you need to focus on patience. And I would sit there internally in our meetings and our product development meetings and say, you know, I mean, all due respect, but I think it's a bunch of BS because I've never, you know, I don't know. So um, that's one thing. We always hear like talk time, like reps should, you know, talk, you know, like even Marcus Aurelius, as I said this last time, you know, say, well, you have two ears, you should listen twice as much as you talk. And we actually had a um, couple customers, a few customers recently who gave us their data. And we looked at things like rep talk time. Uh, patience level because that data is sitting in, in Gong. And it turns out that it's different for different companies. So um, mm-hmm. just because reps talk a lot, it doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. The question is, what's unique to your company? So this idea of like benchmark analytics are completely useless in my view or in our view at, at Pattern AI because your company is different. So if, if I'm engaging with 10Bound, I probably care less about the features of your product. I want to hear your perspectives on the market. I'm probably expecting David Delaney is going to talk for 60% of that meeting or 70% of that meeting because you have something to say that people find valuable. And these, these consultative, highly intellectual or valuable, um, high IP sales cycles like what you have, I think I, I, you'd be remiss if you're talking 30% of the time. You probably should be talking. But if you're selling some commoditized software like, I don't know, you know, calendar scheduling software and somebody's just like, what does it cost? You know, can you pull in my Gmail? Can that, that kind of feature stuff would be probably more sort of back and forth, customer asking a lot of questions, you saying, yeah, we got a feature that does that, we can do that. It's very different sale. You're always gonna have some discovery. You're always gonna have some kind of value prop, uh, kind of monologues, but some industries lend themselves to very long monologues. You know, companies like 10 being an example of that. So I, I I don't believe any of that benchmark data these companies put out there. I think it's, I think it's very company specific. And that's, if you're, sales leader, you should be looking at your company and your best reps and what your customers are saying using conversation AI and not looking at benchmark data, which is uh, very likely irrelevant to you. Yeah. And, and, you know, in a coaching conversation, you want to have some data, you know, backing that up because 
you, you may have been on a sales call where you the 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 other person at your company is like blowing the call and you're just doing everything that you can to not like like bite your tongue and and not not yeah. you know make it worse right yeah yeah but 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 i think if if you if you have a goal with the conversation and then you have a report after the conversation that says mm-hmm. you know these were the important points that we should have really honed in on and and mm-hmm. um you know based on where we think we're successful you should have been listening you know 60% versus 20% mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. least you have you have a report to go off versus yeah. just i think most most sales managers mm-hmm. are are they're great sales people you know mm-hmm. so they mm-hmm. they go with their gut and their eq based mm-hmm. on how they give coaching yeah and experience matters a lot too i mean you you mentioned it's yeah. like the classic mistake is like take your highest performing people make them coaches right it's like keep them on the court don't don't put them on the sidelines and make them coach now like there's they're they're their high scorer right get the manager yeah. to manage so there's you know this player coach thing has emerged but what's interesting is what ai cannot do and what things like ai cannot do and again ai is <clears throat> not to use a big fancy word but ai is really nothing more than just crunching a bunch of data and finding these sort of you know probabilities it's it's very likely that this you know was a good call or a bad call or that this rep you know, talk this amount of time or didn't. But what's interesting is that what AI cannot do is to say that was a good call. And the only people who can really do that effectively are people with experience, like, you know, sales managers who've been doing this for a number of years. And they can say, look, I can't analyze 50 calls in in three minutes, you know, like some uh, AI can do. But what I can do is say, here's what I think is important, and then go direct the AI to that and say, go look at that. So let's take a simple example and say, you know, we think that talk time matters a lot in our business and we don't want high talk time because we found anecdotally that low talk time for a rep is better. Right. And so AI can crunch through that very easily and just and just synthesize out all of David Delaney's comments and say, David, talk 20 percent of the time. That's good for us. Right. And some other leader might be saying, look, I don't know. But, you know, in this company, 10 pound, we just know that when reps are talking 80 percent of the time, they're, they're closing more deals. We had a we had a, uh, a customer uh, a month or so back where we analyzed their uh, their calls and we found there was a direct correlation between close one deals and talk time reps. The more reps talk, the more deals that they close. And it was like completely mm. counterintuitive and mm. very hard to, uh, to do. Uh, another company came to us sometime back and said, hey, look at our emails and look at our subject lines. And, you know, shorter subject lines are valuable. And we would always say, I don't know about that. I mean, do, do you have the data to back that up? Because I, I don't know that that's the case. We hear about that. We see like people pontificate on LinkedIn. And I think the pontificators are going to get replaced by AI at some level, or they're going to have to yield to it and start to use AI to to back up their opinions with uh, with that. But there's a lot of you know sales and marketing people out there and go to market leaders. And I probably was one of them at one point. We just kind of you know talk about what you think is really important than what, you know, is going to make you better. And then, you know, the data says something different. And one of the things we found with this company was that shorter sales line, shorter subject lines were less effective and that the longer the subject line up to about, I think, eight or nine words was actually most effective. And then it, and then it kind of dropped off. So it was like this direct correlation curve and you just saw it go up. And the more words in the subject line, the more you close, the fewer the words, the less you close. More words, close more, 
fuel works uh, close less. And it was completely counterintuitive. And they even said, geez, this is like, this is the opposite of what we're hearing. This is the opposite of what we hear at conferences. It's the opposite of what we hear people talking about on LinkedIn. And you can't lie. Uh, you know, the data doesn't lie. And so the ability to have these tools that give you these, these data insights are, are incredible. But it starts with a sales leader saying, I hypothesize that talk time matters. I hypothesize that subject lines matter. And then you apply the AI to it to get you that data point and say, yep, you know what? Talk time really does matter. Subject lines do matter. Uh, so it's, it's a mix of, of human experience with the ability of AI to kind of get you the answers that you want. It does. And, and you know, there's a few things. Uh, the, a lot of those uh, pontificators, uh, <laughs> they don't cite anything. Um, so that's something that always yeah. bugs me is that they'll drop like a, a stat. And this is just grumpy old man time. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, they'll drop a stat and yeah. and um, and then go on with a double carriage return, you know, with like one line all spaced out. And yeah. um, I always wonder where where did that stat come from? Um, yeah, yeah. Seventy percent of your buyers, seventy percent of your buyers have completed the sale before they call you, and you're like, yeah, that one is classic. I don't, I don't yeah. know if I believe that or not. Uh, they're calling you for a reason because they want to get. And the smartest buyers are calling you right up front because they just want to get smart on the problem. <laughs> Why go do a bunch yeah. of internet research when I can just call David Delaney and say, hey, tell me about the you know the sales development space. That, that's true. And, you know, the other one and is uh, that 90 percent of businesses fail in five years. And I've never seen yeah. where the citation is. Uh, um, yeah. So, I, I, you know, is is that is that true or are you, you know, just totally <laughs> discouraging yeah, well, anybody? As I always say, if you ever hear like these round numbers, like 90 percent or 60 percent of the buying, it's like every time yeah. I always say this internally, every time somebody gives me a round number, I'm like somebody didn't do their math. Yeah, they said yeah. 62.875% of people I'd say, okay, oh, that per so yeah, he did his math. They're like, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's okay. So yeah. from now on, if you're going to, uh, if you learn anything from this, uh, if you're going to post a stat, make sure it's got a couple of decimal points. Yeah, exactly. Um, Never right. trust a round number. Never. Um, let me, let me throw this at you in a couple of minutes. Sentient AI. So, oh yeah. You know, I know, but you said it. You said that at some point the AI is going to start writing these posts and stuff like that. How mm -hmm. far along are we until conversation intelligence just is replaced by an actual AI <laughs> that can have the sales conversations? Then you don't need to hire yeah. salespeople anymore. Yeah, long, long. I'm, but that, I thought you were going to say something else. I think you're okay. be saying that <laughs> they could help write marketing copy. Um, and it it can do that. You've seen some companies out there do that, and um, mm -hmm. that's a there is that opportunity for AI to like produce things. Like we we've all become fascinated now by GPT three that can write poetry and paragraphs of text, and now we can make images. You can say like, hey, you know, show me somebody riding a horse on the moon, and you can see that. So this what's called generative, which is what GPT stands for, generative pre-trained models. So these models are pre-trained, and they can, you know. In the case of GPT-3 for the tech side, they can generate text, which is really pretty cool. With, um, I think in the context of sentient AI, I mean, we are a country mile from AI being sentient. Here's the trick though, is that it fools people because it's close enough where it can replicate what we think is the right answer. So if I say, hey, you know, 
hey, AI chatbot, uh, you know, how's the, how are you feeling today? It says, I'm feeling great. How are you feeling? And you're like, wow, that's really smart. And what it's really doing is just kind of showing you patterns to previous conversations that look like that uh, answer to that question of how are you doing today? And so it, it tricks us as humans into thinking that's somehow sentient. There was a guy at Google, you know, who got, he got terminated for saying it was sentient. And, and I think Google was right about that um, without getting into the HR, of, but, but I think they're right in saying, hey, dude, like you're wrong. It's like, we are a long way. We're nowhere near AI being sentient, sentient at, at any, by any measure. You, we're at the point where it can fool you know, unwitting humans into believing that it's sentient, like that guy and others who believe that, or, or the Luddites mm -hmm. who are scared of it, but it's a long way away. And you have to understand how it works. You train a model on a bunch of original data, uh, conversations that, that are pretty standard. So if I say the quick brown fox jumps, in your mind, you're like, you're finishing it. You're going over the lazy dog because you know that phrase. So if I type in, hey, AI, finish the sentence for me, the quick brown fox jumps and it goes over the lazy dog. You're like, wow. It can think, and it really can. You can say generate poetry. It's not thinking, it's replicating what was in the data set that it was trained on, spitting it back out. But it tricks us, and so we think it's sentient, but it's really not, it's not even close. Got it, and so you feel like salespeople have a few more years of relevance at this point? For sure, I think salespeople be the last people to go because, um, mm -hmm. because sales, fundamentally is not just about conversations it's about relationships right and yeah. you need to know that somebody when i call you know david delaney to to uh you know use your services fundamentally you're helping me solve some problem that i have at the end of the day i know that i'm going to call david and he's going to solve a problem for me as my sales rep right or as my sales rep he's going to be my you know informed advisor on how i should think about solving the problem whether it's his solution or somebody else's so AI can leverage a lot of that. It can it can uh, give us answers, but um, but the relationship side of things, the advisor side of things, the the, the side of things where you can have this trusted advisor and human is going to be uh, it's it's going to be here for a long, long time. I think sales will probably be one of the last things to go, but that doesn't mean that sales will not be hugely enabled by AI because you're going to be you know why should you write a sales email? When an AI can generate it really quick and get 85, 90, 95% of what you want to say automatically, and you just add the extra 5% there. So it's AI is going to, you're going to leverage AI as sales reps hugely, especially around conversation AI. Hey, what did that customer say? Why should you go back, even with all of your deep experience analyzing sales calls, just ask a robot and the robot can tell you what that is. So it won't yeah. replace sales reps. It's going to augment them in, in super exciting ways. And we're already starting to see that. That's amazing. Yeah, it's 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 the old Iron Man analogy. You you still need Tony Stark, you know, running the uh, <laughs> yeah. running the somebody's suit, got, right? Somebody's got to tell Jarvis what to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Greg, this has been so interesting, man. Thank you for enlightening us on 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 this. And um, how how do people get in touch with with you? Is it just patternai.com or is it pattern.ai? I always, um, geez, don't even get me started. Uh, it is, uh, hopefully you should see it in the, in the link there. Uh, it's getpattern.ai. The company's called mm. Pattern AI, but we don't have the, the URL. Sorry, I always do that. Yeah. Yeah, so actually, we have customers who do that. They're like, hey, let's call pattern.ai. I'm like, that's a squatter. <laughs> Somebody's squatting on that domain. Um, Some GoDaddy it's get, guy. It's, yeah, um, somebody else. It's getpattern.ai. 
it's getpattern.ai, or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn or connect with me on LinkedIn and, and, um, and we'll be happy to. Here, here's the pitch. Um, and I think people should think about this is every single person in the world should have an AI note taker attending meetings with them. And I mean, I'm on this call right now and I don't have my robot with me. And I would love to have patterns sitting in this call with me so I can keep track of you know what you asked and things that we talked about and so on. And, uh, and everybody should have that. And it's more than just a call recording in Zoom. It's that your robot, at least in our view, because what we're building is that robot, that you should have that. You should have a robot at your side to do these yeah. really smart things for you so you can do your job faster and better than you're currently doing it today. Anyway, if you're interested, that's the pitch. But if you're interested, just uh, just reach out to me on LinkedIn or, or send me an email. Um, and I'm happy to chat. Tapper at getpattern.ai. Tapper at getpattern.ai. Don't spam me. But um, yeah. <laughs> it's another thing no you're going to start telling me their stuff. <laughs> of course, this is what we do. It's so a bunch Greg, of salespeople um, listening to this call. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've been we've been pretty good about doing these monthly, um, maybe yeah. bi-weekly. It's always a pleasure. So um, we'll see yeah, you on likewise. the next one. Yeah, I think so. Let's get see if we can get some questions from the uh, from the audience ahead of time, and yeah. uh, and set it up, and then we can maybe answer some of the audience's questions as well. Um, and see what or maybe maybe get it get it posted and promoted a little bit not last night at midnight <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah i think i got the i get the invite this morning so <laughs> all right thanks, yeah Greg. let's do it i look forward to it i always enjoy the conversation thanks david